You may be seated. Wow. That's becoming one of my favorite songs right there because of the message of it. The message of it. You know, when you hear a song like that and you come away, people... My prayer on Sunday mornings is that people don't go, what a great message. They go, what a great God. They don't go away going, well, what a great song. They come away with, what a great Savior from it. And see, that's, there's a big difference. Because God is elevated in one and man is elevated in the other. And there is no place for man to be elevated when it comes to putting him in relationship with God. And I'm excited you're here today. You know, like I said a while ago, there's going to be more partying in this state than ever before. And after the Falcons win tonight, they may shut Atlanta down tomorrow. I don't know. They just might. But I don't know about you, but today I'm going to be starting on a series for this month on relationships. And today's uh, message is about relationships. Are they meaningful or are they meaningless? Years ago, and I'll go back and do a little history with you. And you'll find out if things are meaningful or meaningless to you. How many of you in this room can tell me who won last year's Super Bowl? Okay, you raise your hand. How many? Leave, leave your hands up. Okay, you know who won last year. Keep your hand up. How many of you can tell me who won two years ago? How many can tell me who won three years ago? Four years ago? Five years ago. Okay, I'm making a point. You know, when you got some skin in the game, it means more to you, doesn't it? And with the fact that the Falcons are playing today, it means more than it would be. Now, some people don't care. Like, my mom didn't even know that they were playing today. And so that kind of puts things in perspective. But for some, it's been all over the news. If you're in Atlanta, I mean, it's crazy what's happening in Folks, the governor declared Friday Falcons Rise Up Day, and people couldn't even buy, find shirts at Walmart or any other place. And I never thought I'd see the day that uh, all the merchandise would be selling out for the uh, Atlanta Falcons, but it happened over the weekend. But one thing happened years ago when it came to talking about relationships. Back when I was pastoring in Gwinnett County uh, over in Duluth years ago, I I had a neighbor, and I kept working on trying to reach this neighbor and sharing the love of God with him and even doing things like when he was sick and out, I'd cut the grass for him, but I was building that relationship. And guess what? I, I invited him to come to church many times, but he, he never did come. But he invited me to the Super Bowl party the year the Falcons last played in it. Anybody want to guess what year that was? 1990. Nine was when they played, but it was a 98 season that they actually got there. Well, there we were, and I, we had a party. We always had Super Bowl parties at the church. And, and so what I told him was, um, I'll come to your place for the first half, and then I'm going to leave and go down to the church that's having a party, and we'll be down there, okay? Well, I knew what kind of party he was having, man. He had his buddies coming. They had the kegs of beer coming and the... You know, it, they were going to be partying out over at his place. Well, I go over there to that party, and they'd already started. And, man, they were already having a good time and laughing, eating and drinking and cutting up. It was a good party going on. And then guess what happened in Atlanta at that point? Some of you that might not know this out in this area, but in Atlanta, 
At that time, the cable network went out that was showing the Falcons game for the Super Bowl. I was at that party, and all of a sudden it went out, and they just freaked out. I mean, it was like unbelievable what was happening. They were like, the Falcons make it to the Super Bowl, and the cable goes out. We can't even see it. Well, guess what? I, over at my home, uh, I had cable. But I had something in my home was one of these little receivers like with antenna on it and little rabbit ears and you could attach it to the TV. And I had it for one of the TVs up in one of the kids' bedrooms. And so I thought of it. I said, guys, I got something that might be able to help, uh, help us. And so I ran next door, went over there and got that little bitty thing and it probably didn't cost 15 or $20. And I took it over there and hooked it up, and sure enough, the Falcons and the Super Bowl came on. And man, I went from being, who is that fella, to, come on, brother, you old one of us, you have made the day. You, the party is on because the preacher's here, you know. And you know, I only know God did that just to mess with them. I know God did. But you know, as a result of that, in the relationship I was trying to build with this guy, guess what? He came to church right after that. And he started coming a few times. But it takes a process, and you just never know what God's going to do in that process. But what I want to talk to you today is about relationships. Are they meaningful or meaningless? And first of all, we're going to look at the meaning of what the word relationship actually means. It's the way in which two or more people are connected or the state of being connected. The way in which two or more people are connected or the state of being connected. One of the big things the Falcons have used this year and Dan Quinn, once he came over from the Seattle uh, Seahawks, was they're using a term called brotherhood. And that's a big thing among that team is brotherhood. But that's how they're connected. And it's a special relationship. There's a lot of football teams out there. There's 32 of them, but only two of them make it to the Super Bowl. And what's happened this year is they have bought into it and they're believing in it and it's a brotherhood and it has special meaning of it. It also has this meaning, the state of being connected by blood or marriage. Now, I am in a relationship with several people in this, fam in this body of believers right here because of blood or marriage. And you are as well. But here's the cool thing. When you and I receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, then you become my brother and my sister by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we are now connected in a relationship because of the blood of Jesus. Now here's a thing that has always amazed me, and, and you know, and that's why people that love God, they love everybody. Because guess what? We all go back to the beginning in Adam and Eve and in the creation. And so it, it kind of blows me away when people say they hate another people group or hate this other group because we've all come from the same source, y'all. We've all come from the same one. I tell people all the time, when people ask me, are you related to that PV over there? I say, well, we don't meet at family reunions, but we're all related. We all come back to Adam and Eve, and then it all started over with Noah and his wife and those three sons and their wife. It all got cleansed and got rebooted and started over. So we're all kinfolks to some extent. We're all related 
to some extent. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, we're related. I didn't even know it. Look at them. Now, that might be your blood, Kim, but just look at them and tell them that. Or if it's somebody you came with, poke somebody up in front of you and say, we're related, didn't even know it. All right? Here's what God said. Genesis 1, verse 26. God said this. Let us make men in our image according to our likeness. Notice us, our, and our. You know what's amazing about relationship is that God himself is, in, is one, but there is a, is a relationship with God that is the Father, it is the Son, and it is the Holy Spirit. Those three, and I can't explain it all, and I'm not going to try to explain it all, but we do know that you have the Father, we have the Son, the Lord Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit of God. So God, in and of himself, has that, knows what it's like to be in relationship. And he said this, he's saying, let us. Who's that us? It's the Father, it's the Son, it's the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And so that's what we're looking at. Notice God didn't say, let me make man in my image, in my likeness. He said, let us. So God is all about relationship. And here's the next thing. God says this. He said, God, here's the key. God's desire is to be in a meaningful relationship with us. Do you know God loves you and God is seeking out a re meaningful relationship with you? Did you know that? You wouldn't exist if God had not thought about you. I wouldn't be here if God, you might go, well, oh, you came from your mom and dad. Yeah, but the Bible says he has made us and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. So that lets me kind of know. I know a lot of couples that go through the pain of wanting to have a child, but they cannot have a child. And then they go, well, we're going to wait, and then maybe we'll have a child later in life. And then they get to that point, and they can't have any. And I'm, I'm just letting you know that when, when, you're, when you come into this world, it's because God wanted you to exist. And here's the cool thing about that. God, God, the God we just sing about that has no rival, has no equal. He is the most powerful. He's, he is amazing. The Bible says heaven is, contains his glory. It says the earth is his footstool. We're talking about this God is the one who says, I want to and I desire to have a relationship with you and me. Does that not blow you away or what? In other words, if God had Facebook, he would be reaching out, sending a friend request to you and saying, I want to be in a relationship with you. Now, how are we going to respond to that? Man, wouldn't that be kind of cool if I got one? Now, who's this from? God. Whoa. God. In a relationship with God. Man, that would blow you away, wouldn't it? But that's what God's desire. Now, here's the, here's the reason I know that. That God's the one is seeking me out instead of me seeking him out. In Romans 3, verse 11, says, There's, no, there's none, no one who seeks for God. In Romans 3, it talks about there's no one that understands God. There's no one who seeks God. And listen, 
when we understand and grasp that, in other words, it's not within us to be seeking God in a relationship with God. So what does God do? God takes that initiative and he seeks out a relationship with us. See, when he created Adam and Eve, everything was good. There was no sin in the garden until the serpent came and deceived Eve. And then Eve gave to Adam and he committed sin. So sin separated them from God. And ever since that moment, God's been working on getting that relationship back to man and with us. And, and we're all a part of that. And so none, no one seeks God. No one can even understand God, is what uh, Romans says. Now notice this verse, Luke 19.10. But Jesus said, for the Son of Man, speaking of himself, that was his most affectionate term for himself, the Son of Man. He wanted to relate to us. He said, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Man, don't you love that? Jesus is the seeker. You know, all of us as a child, I bet everybody in this room as a child grew up playing hide-and-seek. I know you did. And you know what? I always, which one did you like to be? The one that was hiding or the one that was seeking? Most of us like to hide, don't we? We do. We didn't want to be the one seeking. We wanted to be the one hiding, and it was so much fun as he sought us out. But listen, Jesus is the one that knew we were hiding. In fact, after Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They went and hid. They went and hid because they realized they were naked at that point, and then God had to tell them, who told you you were naked? Who told you? They realized. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. The original camouflage pattern, by the way, was fig leaf. Not mossy oak, not real tree, not any of those, but fig leaf. And they tried to cover themselves with fig leaf. But God ended up having to kill an animal and sacrifice an innocent animal to cover them with skins. And he did that because he wanted and desired a relationship with them and it had been broken by sin. So listen, every one of us in this room, God desires a relationship with you. And if you're still living in that sin part, God is still sending a friend request to you, by the way. He wants to be your friend. Now, how do I know how cool this is? Look at the verse that's found in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. These are the words of Paul himself. The guy that was on the road to Damascus got struck blind down by God, and, and here's, here's what he had to say. He says this, It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all that word foremost means chief in other words I am the number one head honcho Paul said listen of all who can be classified as sinners there's no one that could be worse than I am but God did what he did. He sent Jesus to do what? To take care of the chief of all sinners in himself. And so listen, if, if you're a person that says, you know what, I don't know if God wants to be in a relationship with me because look what I've done. Look what I've done. And you, only God knows what you've done. I don't know. 
But you might have done some things and you go, there is no way God could ever accept me. Listen, take the words of someone who knows Paul because Paul was the chief. Did you know Paul had murdered people? He had taken Christians in. He was beating them. He, he actually stood there while one of them got murdered and he gave hearty approval to it, a guy named Stephen. And you know, Paul did everything he could to persecute the church of Jesus Christ. And when he had his conversion experience on that road to Damascus, his words that day was, Who are you, Lord? And out of heaven came the voice, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But Jesus loved Paul so much that he knocked him down off that animal and he came to a personal relationship with him on that road that day. Have you, ever, you might not have had a, a Damascus Road experience, but have you started your relationship with God? Have you accepted his request? I want to be in a relationship with you. Have you responded already to that? I hope you have. And if you have, I want to ask you this question. How meaningful is this relationship that you have with Jesus? You might go, okay, I've already done that. I'm in a relationship with him. Well, how meaningful is that relationship? Do we have the video? I want to show you a video here. It was a YouTube video that Philip was supposed to have uploaded for me. Do you have it? Look for it. It's called Meaningless Relationship. <laughs> you got it? Let's show that. have a great 
bride, do you know how much she loves you? Mm -hmm. Do you know how much she does for you? Yes. Do you realize how much your bride sacrifices for you? Preach it. You are blessed, my friend. Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, that's a pretty pointed question, isn't it? How much would a relationship like that mean to God? Now, I know it, it's kind of a little cheesy, some of that stuff in there, but it has a point. Uh, could you relate to anything you saw in there? Do you see the things that come at us that try to distract us from, from really what is a real and a meaningful relationship? You know, a lot of times... Um, this right here, and it kind of, that one hit me, and that's the only one I could find on YouTube that dealt with meaningless relationships, but this right here sits right next to my bed, just like that. And how often is it that when we get up in the morning, the temptation's gonna be, well, of course, you take the alarm off, but go ahead and check your messages, check your Facebook, check all of your accounts that might be on here or that you got to, just got to get to. But see, those kind of things happen to us. And one of the things that I've learned in my, to have a meaningful relationship in my life, because the tendency is for me to want to get on there and respond to everything. But the most important relationship, y'all, is the God of the universe who loves me, who cares enough about me for me even to exist, is wanting me to say, you know what, Mike, put this down. And let's, let's go and let's spend some time in here together. And how do we, what makes a meaningful relationship? What makes a meaningful relationship? i tell you, there's two things, quality time and communication. We gotta have quality time with someone and we got to have proper communication with that person. And y'all, for me, the quality time that I have with, with God is, is that first hour in the morning. Now, after I get up and I, I went through my little 10-day sugar deal, now I'm back to drinking my coffee with a few things of sugar. So I'm doing that. But after I get my coffee, I, I'll spend the next hour with just the Lord in the Word. And I get up early enough to do that in order to to get my day going properly. And some of you might be going, well, I don't have time for that. Well, listen, the Bible says to seek him first in all things. And I've learned that it's kind of hard to pray for your daily bread if, at the end of the day when the, before you begin the day. And he provides for us, and he does things. And 
I don't want to walk out of that house not having the armor of God on and walking in the spirit of God because if I do, then I've already set myself up for the attacks. And a lot of attacks come through here. But quality time with God. You know, I, I was, um, when I dated uh, Angie back in the day, one of the things that we got to do, because she lived an hour away, there was, there was none of this stuff that you have as far as modern conveniences. And so all I had to, to do was one day a week, I got to call her for 10 minutes and talk to her on the phone. And this is one of those lines that still had a cord that attached up to the wall, okay? And so I had that. And, and I had to call at 9.01 because my mom and dad said the rates are cheaper after 9 o'clock in the evening. So some of you don't even know how to relate to this because you can call at any place at any time and anywhere, okay? But we had to do that. And so I knew and she knew she'd tell her whole family, do not get on that phone at 9 o'clock on Wednesday night because she knew the call was coming. But that's how we communicated. One call. One call, that's all. You got him old Ken, all right? One call. I wasn't going to put a plug in for Ken, but it just happened. But listen, that's our relationship. But then more importantly, I've realized that she wanted face-to-face -face time. And that's so important. And you know, it, in looking at the at the word of God in the end of second John and at the end of third John John the the disciple who the apostle who loved Jesus was writing these books and he said there are many other things that I want to write to you but I want to put this pen and paper down and I want to come see you face to face wow and so listen y'all God desires a face-to-face -face relationship with him. And how can, how can I know that I can have that face-to-face -face relationship? And it's right here. It's right here. And I have said it before. Before I look at Facebook, I'm going to put my face in this book. And that's a good quote to remember and kind of live by. But it's the, the enemy tries to get us to pick that up before we pick this up, y'all. I'm just telling you, he comes hard at us to tempt us to do that. And then the other part of is communication, is that talking one-on-one, -on -one and, and that's prayer. And listen, I'm not telling you to try to pray some grandiose prayers. In fact, the guy I mentioned last week, Ryan, that you love to hear about George Mueller, they said his prayers, he had over 30,000 specific prayers answered. And when one man heard Mueller pray one time, they said, my goodness, he prayed like a little fifth grade kid. Well, he just simply asked God for something. And God responded out of simplicity. And you know what? You don't have to pray for your many words because Jesus knows all about that anyway. But when you pray from your heart and you're asking for the right thing, you know, when you saw that video, how much, how, how, how much do you think that young lady feels loved in that relationship? She's like, he's, he's in and out, he's here, he's not even talking to me. And boy, that just hits hard because, listen, there's so many things that try to distract us and get us away from what is the most important relationship we have. And that is none other than God himself. Now I'm going to give you a few little facts 
right here, and we're going to wrap up. Because I'm going to talk more about this in the coming weeks. On average, check this out. On average, Americans spend 444 minutes, that's 7.4 hours per day, in front of a screen. We're talking seven and a half hours a day in front of a screen. Now, let's break it down. On, this is average now. 147 minutes, over two hours in front of the TV. 103 in front of the computer. And you might be going, whoa, I work at a computer all day. Well, you're going to bring that average way up. Okay, you're in front of the computer, so you might not be in front of the TV as much, but you've been in front of that computer screen. And then, check this out, 151 hours on a smartphone. That's over two hours a day on a smartphone. And then 43 on a tablet. Now, I don't use the tablets that much, but, you know, some do. And do you know in the world that America ranked like seventh in the world? The, I researched this. Indonesia was even higher. They spent an extra 100 minutes a day in front of a screen in Indonesia. But here's the thing, y'all. These little devices are great, and technology is wonderful. But there's something wrong when this keeps you away from God. And there's something wrong when this keeps us away from those in our life that mean so much to us. How many times have you gone out and, to eat, and you saw somebody trying to eat with someone else, and they're just sitting there doing their phone, and they're not even talking to each other? Have you done that? Have you kind of had to make a rule and go, we've got to put this phone down, and we're not even going to look at the phone, and we're going to talk to each other over this meal. We've had to force ourselves to begin to do that because we think we've got to take the next urgent, most meaningful call in our life, when really, in fact, the most meaningful relationship is the one who made you, and he's wanting to spend time with us, and then those other special people that you have in your home or your dearest friends. That's who should get our best time and our most meaningful relationship. So let me ask you that question once again. Is my relationship with God meaningful or is it meaningless? Does that video, that video doesn't even resemble me if it comes to my relationship with God. Or does that video remind me that there are some things I need to work on? to make my relationship more meaningful. Now, I don't want to just beat you up. I'm talking to myself in this one as well. And I'm going to give you, here's, here's a thing to help you. You can go to, if you have your iPhone, you can go to this iOS 9. Put that up. Here's an actual app that you can download, and it will track how many hours that you're spending on, on any type of media. So if you have the guts to do it, I challenge you to download this app and monitor how much time you actually are spending on it. And so it might be a good reality check. You know, every, Angie's got me in this thing um, that's a health thing, and I have to make these health calls, and I have to talk to this health coach in order to get our insurance down and lower and all that stuff. And guess what? I have to give them a detailed report of what I'm doing. And so we don't like to do that. I mean, even the other day, I get, I get on the scales every day. And my wife said, you shouldn't weigh yourself every day. And then she asked me yesterday, how much do you weigh? And I told her. 
And then she went to get on. I said, how much you weighed? She said, I'm never going to tell you. I said, that's meaningful. That's meaningful. But a woman won't ever tell you. And if they do, they, well, we're in church, y'all. So I'll keep it at that. But, you know, I've told her to throw away our scales at home. Because there's this little touch and a digital comes up. And I weighed myself three times this morning. It gave me three different weights. And I said, I don't like this scale anymore. And I don't like the number that's coming on there. But guess what? You might not like the number that comes off this app that tells you how many minutes you're spending on this. But most importantly, y'all, let's take the most meaningful relationship we have. And that's with God. And let's work on developing that. And I can assure you, if you do that, you'll begin to see other relationships flow out of that that will become more meaningful. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you have sent out the request to us. Thank you that you've written a love letter that contains 66 books from Genesis to Revelation that describes just how much you care for us and that you love us. And I pray that as we 